I'm of the opinion, if a player's name is cool, they're going to be a good player. <laughs> and Stefanik or whatever his last name is, that, that's kind of cool. That's pretty he's cool. going to be a good player, You're right? just thinking like, of Stefan or Kel. That's what it's making you think of. <laughs> You're listening to the Super Halo Brothers Los Angeles Angels podcast, episode 24, 90 Days Without Mike Trout. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Super Halo Brothers Los Angeles Angels podcast. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. And uh, we are two brothers who are lifelong fans of the Angels, and uh, here we are, episode 24. Thanks for joining us, and thanks for making this season so great. We've had a lot of fun. Uh, Before we jump into today's episode, we got a lot to cover, of course, but just want to remind you to uh, follow us on social media at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. You can find our partners Around the Diamond at Around the Diamond on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, they're a great group of content creators and collaborators and do lots of fun stuff around the league. So uh, follow them as well. And uh, thanks for everybody who's listened so far. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to uh, leave a rating, a review. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know if we stink. Or if you're enjoying the show. Stink. <laughs> Stink. <laughs> uh, Mike, we uh, got a lot to get into in this episode. What do, you, uh, what do you got for us so far? Well, John, the Angels are actually doing something pretty interesting. They have a seven-man rotation currently. <laughs> the largest rotation that's ever existed. <laughs> the irony behind that is that they've actually performed extremely well, especially <laughs> in the month of July. Yeah. And been one of the best the best pitching staffs, although we did finish July, I think, 17 and 15 because our offense really couldn't carry us because everybody's hurt. But Everyone is hurt. The starting rotation did fantastic, and so I thought we could start by talking about each of these seven starters. So Otani, Sandoval, Detmers, Suarez, Bundy, Barilla, and Chris Rodriguez. What if we start with Shohei Otani and his last outing against Texas last week. Yeah, so Otani started six innings against Texas, one run, picked up the win, a great outing from him. He is the ace of this rotation, and he has ace quality stuff. He's sitting at a 2.93 ERA right now, Wow, which is up there with the rest of those guys. I think if you, I I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but if you took out that New York uh, start against the Yankees, he'd be at like 222 or something oh, crazy like that. So, and and even with that start, he sits right there with the best in the league. So, Otani letting the gloves come off this season in terms of hitting and pitching and just letting him do his thing. He even did some fielding the other day. Yeah. So, uh, not in that game, but um, he has just been all over the field and we are just truly seeing the best version of Otani. Now, here's what I loved about that game. He wasn't overpowering. Mm-hmm. He wasn't like extremely dominant where, say, Justin Verlander or go back a few years, Roger Clemens, Randy Johnson. Mm-hmm. He wasn't that type of pitcher that day. Didn't but, have his best stuff that day. But he actually looked really, really good and he pitched. He pitched well, like Greg Maddox yeah. pitched well, right? And I love that he was able to slow the Rangers down. I know that they're a terrible team, but the biggest stat was that he didn't walk anybody in that game, and he had like one walk in his last three starts, and that actually is really exciting. Yeah, especially when we have seen the kinds of walks that he gives out or his ability to 
dish out a lot of walks. Speaking of that and, Yankees series, right? The Yankees yeah, exactly. Game, he couldn't yeah, hit the strike exactly. zone, although they did kind of <laughs> shrink the strike zone on him. But oh, yeah, yeah, the fact that he actually hasn't walked many in his last few starts, I think is a great improvement. Here's a question for you, John. Okay. So obviously, 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 he's, obviously. The, he's the MVP, right? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Obviously the MVP. If he has five more starts and wins four of those starts uh-huh. and gets to 10 wins and pitches like he did against Texas. Yeah. Is he the Cy Young as well? Ooh, I don't know. I would have to dive into the stats, but that's a really good question. Yeah. I think that we do a little research and, and maybe consider that for a future segment because I think if we dive into the numbers – I think you can make a case for for him being a Cy Young. So off the top of your head, I know this is hard, but off the top of your head, let's just with the eyeball test, who's his competition in the AL? It's going to be Garrett Cole is okay. one. Okay. But I know that he has he's fallen off a little bit. A little I bit. Think, but he's <laughs> as, still as Garrett much as Cole. Garrett Cole can fall off, right? <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Um, How about Lance? Who Lynn? else? Lance Lynn. Yeah, that uh, I would I would say Lance Lynn is probably going to be the toughest competition there. Um, you got Do you guys, think it's because he's on the White Sox and the White Sox are really good? Do you think that that's actually going to play into Lance Lynn's hand to win the Cy Young? I don't know if they'll think about it that way. I know it's tempting. I think the fans think winning teams deserve the MVP and the Cy Young candidates, but the, the writers don't always see it that way. Agreed. Uh, yeah. As we've seen with with Mike Trout, you know. Um, but with with uh, Lance Lynn, that he actually is a good contender for that. Um, I think Carlos Rodon is still doing really well. Okay. Off okay. the top of my head. I yeah. know the A's have they have a ton of talent in mm. their rotation. Um Sean Manaya. Chris Bassett's really pitching well. Chris yeah. Bassett's pitch, pitching well. So yeah. I think I think this is definitely worth diving into and, and thinking about some more. Okay. We should okay. really come back. We should go to the drawing board with this one. I like it. Speaking of Cy Young pitchers, can we talk about Barfing Bundy? <laughs> uh, bar- barfing Bundy. I, I loved I loved his start last week against Texas, but mm-hmm. before we actually talk about it, uh, you sent me an article that actually talked about how Bundy changed his arm angle while he was in the bullpen. You want to share a little bit about that? Yeah, this article came uh, from The Athletic, Sam Blum, who is the Angels beat writer. He spoke with Bundy about, uh, and Joe Madden, about uh, Bundy changing his arm angle and... Uh, they, when they spoke about it, they said the change was shorter arm action. Hmm. Bundy was having issues with a long, inconsistent delivery. It took some convincing to implement a mechanical overhaul in the middle of the season. That's got to be hard. Didn't, he didn't want to do it midseason, but yeah. uh, he wanted to wait till the offseason. But I'm, I'm glad that they in, encouraged him yes. to yes. Uh, implement that change because, it, I mean, it, it made a difference. Yeah. Um, and he, he even admitted in the first – a uh, couple innings of the game, he was still trying to get a feel for it. Yeah, but man, once he settled in, um, what he, six and a third against Texas, uh, got the win, his yeah. first win since like June, and gave up no runs, no that runs. That was key. remarkable. Yeah, yeah. And it, what's funny is uh, you think of Texas and you think of their mashing offense and yeah. and the ability to hit it hard, and when they moved from Globe Life Park to Globe Life Field, the new field. You look at that thing and it's like a wasteland. It is right. so just like it, it's it is a pitcher's park for yeah. sure. So yeah. there, I, I think Gubaza mentioned this. Their whole system in Texas and the Rangers is going to have to change because 
they don't have the heavy hitters anymore. Right. But it's also not a heavy hitting park right. anymore. And I think the move to move Joey Gallo to New York made sense for both teams mm-hmm. because we already saw Joey Gallo hit it over the short porch. It was a high and not very deep home run, but it was they would have said run. that they said in like 29 other parks that would have been an out in right. Yeah. Field. <laughs> right. But it's tailor made for Joey Gallo. Yeah. And, and getting him out of Texas, I think is the right move because I think the philosophy in Texas is going to change, but back to Bundy. Uh, I, I just, the fact that he didn't give up a run yeah. is, is incredible. So I hope that this change sticks. Absolutely. Yeah. This is the second pitcher actually that I've heard change his throwing mechanics this year you you know who the other pitcher is no garrett richards oh really he's pitching for boston and yeah here's here's the great story he was struggling in the first inning gave up a couple of runs went into the dugout talked to their pitching coach their pitching coach told him to change something in what he does with his fingers on the ball when he was throwing his curve and actually maybe come down on the side. Richards comes out and actually does that the next inning and cruised for the next five innings. And so that actually takes a whole lot because it's all about rhythm. We've talked about this before. Yeah. It's all about mechanics. It's all about I'm, I'm, I'm steady. I know what I'm doing. And so I'm, I'm thankful that Bundy, Bundy looks better. I, I don't know if it's going to be uh, a shift enough to where they're like, hey, let's bring this guy back next year. Mm. The other thing that I want to ask you to do is uh, in memory of of our good buddy, Darren Sutton. Can you read Joe Madden's last quote in that article? And you know what I'm talking about. I need you to read it like Darren Sutton. Go ahead. Madden said, it's, it's not easy. You have to be really careful with it today. He was more comfortable. (laughs) One last comfortable. Uh, Darren Sutton may rest in peace, but he's not dead. All right. (laughs) So if we, as we continue to talk about the starting seven, the starting seven rotation, which by the way, Canning is not included in that. Cobb's not included in that. So we'll talk about Canning in a minute, but we could have nine guys that are starting for us and our bullpen is still terrible. So um, (laughs) we actually started a series against the Dodgers. And first I I do want to highlight our good buddy from Angel's Top Plays, Andrew. He had a great tweet (laughs) this weekend. And here's the tweet. He said, I'm going to prepare y'all for this, there's a solid chance that Albert hits a dinger against the Angels this weekend. Then everybody's going to say, and I loved how he he typed this out with caps and then lowercase, Angels paying Pujols to hit dingers against them. Whatever. It's coming. <laughs> Let them weep because Tio <laughs> will also hit into three inning ending double plays. So, Andrew, think, great tweet. Yes, we are Andrew, huge well done. <laughs> Andrew must have a crystal ball because both of those things happen. He called it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it felt so good to see Pujols strike out the way that he did. And, he did. And ground into double plays. And then he hit a two-run home run against uh, young Reed Detmers on Sunday. Detmers yeah. tried to feed him a fourth fastball. And and as, as, as frustrating as Albert is, he's still an experienced veteran yeah. who is going to be able to turn on a fourth fastball in a row and so uh, a 3-0 fastball which yeah. Detmers actually said <laughs> Detmers said I actually watched Pujols growing up because he's that old right and and said <laughs> I was just like wow he's at the plate and he said after my third fastball I thought to myself I'm gonna just try to groove this one by him and then he goes oh I forgot that he's Albert Pujols it's Albert and Pujols. that I'm in the major leagues <laughs> yeah and so yeah we're not a, we're not haters of Pujols but I do agree with Andrew like there is there was immediately when he hit that home run Angels are paying Albert Pools to hit it's home so runs tired. against them. It's so tired. It's, yeah. and, it's and Dodgers the thing, yeah, Nation. We'll pay him. 
we'll pay him all the money in the world to hit home runs against us because yeah. it allows us to move on. It allows us to play some really great players and it allows us to see Jared Walsh when he's healthy rock first base. And the angels are just going to keep doing their thing. They're going to send, they're going to send three all-stars to the all-star game, two of which are uh, essentially replacing him. Yep. And, uh, we're going to be just fine. <laughs> and the reality is Pujols may not even be in the league next year. And so that's totally fine. Let him do what he wants to do. So let's talk about your boy, Sandy. He okay. had an incredible start against the Dodgers. And man, I, I'm i going to go back to our previous episodes and I'm going to uh, eradicate the history of my angst against Sandoval because <laughs> I I am a I am a huge fan. He has won me over with his fire, with his passion, with his tenacity, and the fact that he actually is pitching like an ace. And I know you said Shohei's the ace. I agree with you. We've talked about Alex Cobb being the ace, and I think that that's true as well. But man, Sandoval is going to be around for a while, and if mm-hmm. he keeps pitching like this, he's going to be our boy that we want to throw out there every fifth day to stop whoever it is that they're they're up against and he's going to be pitching against the Kershaws and the Verlanders and some of these top guys he pitched so well he was so strong five innings two runs and the strikeout of Chris Taylor in the fifth was when I got really excited he kept the game at two to one at the time and it was just a fist pumping moment and you can see him fighting for that and fighting for that and to be able to cheer on a starting pitcher that is young and that is solid is so much fun as an angel fan right now absolutely yeah uh he he got a a little bit shaky in the beginning but he was able to settle down and again that line score looks real good five innings two runs striking out chris taylor i had the laugh the other day i think i even sent this to you you did Uh, you did (laughs) uh, (laughs) a jerry depoto masterclass was in 2016 sending chris taylor from the mariners to the dodgers for zach lee Mm. who is now currently in the diamondbacks minor league system and has just been a disaster of a pitcher. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine yeah. the young talent that the Mariners have and Chris Taylor? Wow. <laughs> wow. That That is a total missed opportunity, man. So yeah. he has been very good to the Dodgers. And he has. That's I'm awful gonna, for the Mariners. I'm going to double down on my DePoto news here. I read okay. an article just before we started recording this podcast on Billy Epler, mm-hmm. and they talked about how uh, you know it was disappointing that the Angels couldn't do much when he was the GM, but the one thing that he did do well was rebuild the farm system because yeah. DePoto literally decimated the farm system. Oh, totally. Totally. And and so Epler, we have to give him a lot of credit because a lot of the guys that are actually performing really well that are young are because Epler went and got them or drafted them mm-hmm. and developed them. His team developed them. And so that was that was a really great thing. Here's the thing that I want to highlight about the game that Sandoval actually pitched. John, we had three guys come in. And the three guys out of the bullpen that came in were not named C-Sheck, <laughs> were not named uh, whoever else that we had in there. Myers. Myers. It, they were not named anybody that we've hated. It was Quejada, it was Selman, it was Warren, and each of them came in and pitched really, really strong. And then, of course, in the 10th inning, we went extra innings. We got the win with a save by Rizel Iglesias. Where have, have these guys been all season? <laughs> other teams and in the minor leagues right well and and yes yes that that's the correct answer but here's the thing we've been holding on to Quijada and Austin Warren in the minors 
all yeah. season long. And and I right. can understand Austin Warren's a newbie, and, and uh, he just debuted a few weeks ago, thrown to the Wolves in a bases-loaded situation, and he got out of it. Got out of it. Quijada, yeah. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter really rallying for him to be called back up. And there yeah. were a few times this season where he was in the bullpen and didn't get used, which was confusing. And, of right. course, Sam Selman, I think last week I said this, he is Tony Watson with four years of control. Yeah. And he actually, yeah. I mean, to to do what he did against the Dodgers and, and keep it close, keep us in the game, I am encouraged by the future of this bullpen. I just wish that we had pulled the trigger a little bit sooner on bullpen help. Yeah. Of course, it doesn't help when uh, Hunter Strickland is doing great. We get him. Doesn't yep. do great. We send him, and he does great again. <laughs> right, right. It's the curse, man. It's the curse. But the one thing that I do want to point out, you know me, I love to connect the current players to our past players. Mm, mm-hmm. The one player that I actually uh, connect Austin Warren to is Scott Shields. There, oh, really? There isn't necessarily a, a mechanics connection there, mm-hmm. but him coming in in those hot spots and actually doing really well like threw me back to those days when we can bring in Scott Shields in the seventh or eighth inning and, and he would crush it and he would close it down. And it made me go, this is why we won 90 games. And this is why we won three division titles in a row because we had a bullpen that actually would hold the game and hold the win. This is why Bartolo Colon won over 20 games. Right. (laughs) And, And that's why we haven't had that in a long time because we haven't had a guy like an Austin Warren come into the game and be able to shut it down. You can count on them. You know, that they're, going to come through and when when shields failed it was always in a game where you go well i mean the guys had like five outings in a row where he crushed it so you right. gave him a lot of grace and you gave right. him a lot of compassion right the other the other piece to this is what's what's frustrating is i just wish our guys were healthy because yeah. now while it seems yeah. like we're holding it down and keeping games close keeping it under four runs um, I know that things got a little bit out of hand on Sunday against the Dodgers. Yeah. Um, but those first two games, man, were just incredible. And we have had offense in unexpected places. For example, during the Sandoval start on Friday, Jack Money Mayfield hits <laughs> another home run, and it's like his sixth of the season. Yeah. And so we just had offense from unexpected places. At the time of his home run, he had the second most home runs since the All-Star break um, wow. because he just started playing every day since the All-Star right, break. Right, right. So I, it's just really difficult, and we'll jump into this a little bit later, but it just is such a bummer that a huge chunk of our team and our offense is missing when the yeah. pitching is finally turning around. Right. And it makes me look forward to 2022. I think that's really all that there is to say. Yeah, I agree. I, I saw a great interview with Jack. He was with Ken French, and uh, they were talking about him and his family, and uh, looked like he has a sweet family, a couple of kids, married, and he was being asked, like, hey, what's it like to like start with the Angels and then get cut and go to the Mariners and then get cut and then come back and actually <laughs> yeah. play really well? And he said, it's been a trip this year to be able to go back and forth. But he said, I really enjoyed being back with the Angels because I did get to know them a little bit during spring training. And to actually perform, he said, I've actually not made the fans stand up and actually cheer. He said, so that actually is a a, a pretty remarkable, fun thing to experience. Look, I I, I hit a home run and they're standing on their feet. And he was excited about that. That's awesome. I actually like him. He seems like a really great player. Obviously, he's not going to be a starter for us when Rendon is back. But I think what he brings to the team is a strong defender 
And, hey, he's got a little bit of some pop in his bat. Surprising pop, yeah. That's great to bring him off the bench, and he could be one of those guys on a Madden team that can kind of bounce around and give people breaks, and perhaps we bring him back and he can play third or second or short and fill in for whoever is out or needing a rest that day. I could see him really being a utility guy, absolutely. It seems like he could play anywhere. So the Angels did drop the last two games of the Dodgers series, but since we're talking about the the starting seven, the seven rotation, uh, <laughs> what number are Berea. we on? <laughs> Let's talk Berea for a minute. Man, he looked really, really good, even though it was a loss. He had six innings pitched, three runs. He did leave the game with the game tied at three. Mm-hmm. Angels didn't get the win that day, but he has looked really, really good. This is his third start in a row, third quality start. Yeah, and and what a what an exciting thing being. I think 25, 26 years old. He's a young guy. And he's one of those guys that you wanted to see really step up a few years ago, but has struggled. And now three games in a row, four games in a row, he's looked pretty dominant. And he's made me really confident that I think he could really fight for a starting rotation spot in 2022. Yeah, I know that he has always been an option for us in the rotation in some form or fashion, especially when he had such a breakout year in 2018. I think, wasn't yeah. he the starter who had the most innings or the most starts that season or something like that? I think that? so. Yeah. And he did have 10 wins that year. Yeah. So maybe he was the, maybe he had the most wins of that season because it yeah. was, it was rough, but right. either way, he has been somebody that has always been an option and kind of considered like, Oh, what do we do with Berea? However, 2019 and 2020 didn't look so great for him. So I am thrilled that he has turned it around and is really showing uh, that he can be a quality starter uh, whatever they're doing in AAA, whatever's in the water down there, keep it up because I think that that we have seen the changes in Suarez and Berea and Sandoval. So something something's going on down there, and I don't know yeah. if that's the influence of Matt Wise at the majors, just because he's worked with some of these guys in the past. Perhaps. Um, so I have a theory. Oh, do you? I do. My theory is Hit this: me. what they're doing with Shohei Otani and mm-hmm. letting him just go full bore as mm-hmm. a pitcher and as a hitter. I think that they're actually clearly communicating what they want from some of these pitchers when in the years past, Hmm. Berea was in the bullpen, Berea was then starting, Berea was then coming in in the fifth Mm. inning, Berea Mm -hmm. was the opener, Berea was in the seventh (laughs) inning, and I think what has happened is that they've said, here's what we want you to do. We want you to work on this, be this, do this. I mean, look at what they did with C-Rod. Yeah. We'll talk about him in a minute. They sent him down and stretched him out. And even when the bullpen was struggling, what did they not do? They didn't bring him back up. Right. And they didn't bring him back up because they had a clear vision and a clear goal for him. And I just have to wonder if it's if for these young guys, like, here's what we need you to do. We need you to be this person on our team. This fits who you are. This mm-hmm. fits your makeup. This fits your purpose. This is what we brought you in to do. So do this. And I think we see the results with Shohei. I think we see the results with Suarez. And I think we're seeing the results with Berea. There is a great quote from an Avett Brothers song that says, decide what to be. And go and be go it. Be it. <laughs> we have a we have a singing embargo. Remember, no singing. Oh, that's right. That's right. Sorry, I take it back. I'm gonna eradicate that from the podcast as well. Can we talk about my boy Reed Detmers? Detmers Day, Sunday. Detmers Day. Uh, you know, you you made a good point. He his first two career starts are against really really strong teams uh, and playoff teams, right? And, and so. That's the thing that we do have to take. Uh, we have to take and and let sit in our heart for a minute. He so he pitched five innings. He did get hard, hit hard. He did get hit often. But again, can I go back to uh, our friend Andrew from Angels Top Plays? He had a great tweet. So Andrew, keep bringing it. Yeah, dude. He had a great tweet, and the tweet was this: Walker Bueller, Dodger great, 
pitching really well for the Dodgers, probably going to be and is their ace, maybe even the Cy Young because he's pitching really great. Yeah. Walker Buehler pitched eight games as a right-handed pitcher in his age 22 season, which is where Reed Detmers is. Mm -hmm. His ERA was over seven. He had nine innings pitched, 11 hits, eight earned runs, 12 Ks. Walker Buehler is now 27, and he's one of the premier pitchers in the league. And then Andrew said this, so don't freak out about Detmers. Don't freak out about Detmers. Uh, Angel fans and, and of the Facebook variety are just so impatient when it comes to sports. Like they just don't understand how baseball works and by extension probably how other sports work. And, and this is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> because we're finally at a place where we have young, talented starting pitching who is going to mess up and make mistakes and figure things out along the way. Nobody's rushing Reed Detmers to the majors. Yeah. We, we have a seven-man rotation. We don't need seven people in the rotation. Right. This is right. by design. It's to see what we have for next season. You guys, all, this season was written off by Perry Manassian and Joe Madden and all of those guys. This season was written off a long time ago, and yeah. we just didn't realize it until yeah. probably like last week. But in, in their eyes, and I would have to guess as a fan from the outside looking in, they wrote this season off a long time ago, and they decided to pull the trigger. Let's see what we have in C-Rod. Let's see yep. what we have in Detmers. Let's put Berea in the rotation. Let's give Barfin Bundy a chance to get back out yep. there and fix something. So all of that to say, yes, we can stay competitive, but this is a 500 team. We've been a 500 team. This is right. a middle-of-the-road team that has one thing going right for it, and another thing going wrong for it. And then another day, it's another thing going wrong for it and something going right for it. Yeah. Whether that's the offense or the defense or the pitching or the bullpen, there's always a hole in this team. And I think that we are way past trying to make a playoff push. It yeah. could happen. I, I, It's very slim, but I'm going on a little rant here because I just think that we need to make it clear. Rant, baby. Like... Look to 2022. If you want to be yeah. happy, you need to reframe your focus and your mind and your expectations and yep. enjoy Brandon Marsh. Enjoy Joe Adele. Enjoy Chris Rodriguez. Enjoy Reed Detmers because we're going to have these guys for a long time, barring yeah. barring a trade, which could happen maybe with some of the outfield stuff. I don't imagine that'll happen with them as starters because they look real good, but enjoy what we have. And look to 2022 because we are going to be really good when Mike Trout comes back, when Rendon comes back, when Jared Walsh comes back, when we're in full force. This is something to really look forward to. So slow your roll. <laughs> this message has been approved by John Frisch and his uh, run for candidacy of the president of the United States <laughs> or the commissioner of baseball. There you go. Get man fraud out of there. Get man fraud out of there. All right, so let's talk about C-Rod. C-Rod uh, actually pitched on Tuesday. We had a day off on Monday, which uh, that that day off, uh, we had nothing we had nothing to do. Like, there was literally nothing to do. I tried to watch other games. <laughs> I'm not interested, all right? So, uh, quick side note, we got rid of Hulu Live at our house. And, oh, uh, no. So I'm, 
I'm trying to like find things to watch, and usually I just put things on in the background. So when the Angel game is on, it's nice because I can work and I can look up. Sure. So I try to put on some other games. It's just it's just not it's not doing it for me, Johnny. It's just <laughs> not doing it for me. So what is finally, it that you do? <laughs> <laughs> so finally, baseball is back on Tuesday. C Rod pitches, and because it's a doubleheader, uh, C Rod pitches game one, and it's only seven innings. So he goes four innings. And actually looked pretty good. Yeah. I think he probably could have maybe gone longer because he pitched, he threw 68 pitches. Yeah, 68 so pitches. He could have gone maybe a couple more innings, but because it was a seven inning game, they wanted to save him, and they did. He got the win. The Angels got the win. But it was really great to see him improve because his last outing wasn't bad, but he did. He did have moments of struggle. And so to see him work out some of the kinks, man, again, you just talked about it. Looking to 2022, C-Rod and Detmers and this starting rotation actually has a lot of great, great potential. I believe in them. I really would be confident if we started the season with these guys in the rotation. I think that we could actually go somewhere uh, barring that we're we're all going to stay healthy. This is the first time that we've had pitching prospects that we're excited about. Yeah. We had guys like like... Nick Tropiano, who came over from yep. the Astros, that like we yep. gave we gave him a try and we were excited and they were, eh, you know, and and I think right. Trope Trope just got uh, picked up by another team. He got released from one team and now he's with somebody else and he's in the bullpen and, and just not having a great year and 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 so we had pitching that we were looking forward to, but they didn't pan out. And these are going to be guys who pan out because we got them in the first round we got them in the second round like these are guys that we're looking forward to and they're proving themselves and they have proven yeah. themselves in yeah. the minor leagues i will say the first game of the doubleheader was really interesting because it was against toronto and technically the game that we missed was supposed to be uh as a visiting team i don't know where it was going to take place whether it was dunedin or buffalo or even back in toronto but they made a funny comment on angels live technically this is the fourth home stadium that the Blue Jays have had this season because they were the wow. home team yeah. <laughs> at Angel Stadium. And there was even uh, our friend Kyle Kishimoto caught this on the broadcast. They even had Toronto Blue Jays on the on the uh, scoreboards that are under the bleachers. So <laughs> it looked nice. like a, it's a Blue Jays home stadium. So that was pretty cool. But yeah, C-Rod looked great. And, and yeah. to pitch against uh, this Blue Jays team who is just full of stars, you got George Springer and Vlad Jr. and Bo Bichette, like this is a tough team. Marcus Semyon is really good, team. yeah, and yeah. and he held them and and kept the lead all the way through. So that is super encouraging. Yeah, you mentioned how they helped the Blue Jays feel like they were at home. Uh-huh. I don't know if you saw this, but Jeff Fletcher actually tweeted it out um, when they were talking about. I think it was Teosco Hernandez, uh-huh. and uh, they were talking about some of the favorite things of his. They spelled favorite. With a U, they spelled it oh, instead of uh, on the trivia. Did yeah, you, did you see that yeah. on the trivia? Yeah, they put a U in there because <laughs> in Canada that's how they spell it, and so they they threw them a bone. It was pretty. It was pretty cool. Like it was pretty thoughtful. Nobody probably noticed it except for a few people. They but. put a favorite O U, and then they favorite. Put a, yeah, they, and then yeah. they put a A at eh. the end. <laughs> okay, so we we talked about the Dodgers. Something that actually caught our attention. Over the weekend was a Los Angeles Times article, LA Times article about Corey Seager, mm-hmm. the Dodgers shortstop. Mm-hmm. And the writer actually suggested that we, as the Angels, should consider signing him mm. as a free agent because mm-hmm. he's a free agent at the end of the year. 
and let him play short for us. So the big question, John. Yeah. The big question. Should we sign Corey Seager and have him play shortstop for us for the next five plus years? Ooh. You know, I was hesitant about this suggestion earlier in the season, but I do see this being an Artie Marino signing. <laughs> I do too. I do too. You're taking the words right out of my mouth. However, earlier in the season, it was like, come on, can we get some pitching? Can we sign a frontline starter? Can we do something like that? I feel a little bit better about the direction our pitching is going next season, Agreed. given what we've seen. Would I prefer a starting pitcher over a costly position player? Probably, because I don't yeah. think that our offense needs more uh, production when we have a full uh, lineup of, of Trout and Otani and Walsh and, and Rendon yeah. and, and yeah. those guys. However, I know that shortstop is a need next season. I know right. that you and I have talked about extending Iglesias. Uh, lately, it's been hard to watch Iglesias a little bit. <laughs> huh. and, yeah. and the temptation to have somebody like a Corey Seager, I don't think I'd be mad about that. I think he's okay. young. He's talented. He is injury prone. That's something yeah. to really watch out for. <laughs> we do not need that. We don't need that, especially <laughs> like if people are upset about Rendon being hurt this season, then they have yeah. no room to ask for a Corey Seager on this team. Right, right. I actually I actually would be very interested in the Angels signing Iglesias to maybe a two- or three-year deal okay. to continue to play short for us. Okay. And here's the reason why. Seager coming onto our team – He's a left-handed bat, and maybe that would have been attractive to us a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. but Walsh and Otani have made it very clear, like, we have some strong left-handed at-bats at mm -hmm. in our lineup, and so I don't think we necessarily need to spend big money there, and because we have that Albert Pujols lump of change opening up, I think that you should give that to maybe extending some of the players, and perhaps we don't need to spend it either on players, but maybe we just hang on to it and get a top line starter. Like you mentioned, I just don't think that there's a push for a Corey Seager. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Now I get it. Like next year could be a year where we need that third left-handed bat in our lineup mm -hmm. and it would change the game for us. But on a scale of one to 10, I'm like a three and a half oh, on signing him. Yeah. Because I, I mean, the, the guy's good, but I just don't think, I think there's too many things that we're risking by signing him. And when you look at some of our big free agent signings, let's talk about Rendon for a minute. Yeah. Like the guy's out for the season. Right. Jack Mayfield's playing. That's why. Yeah. He had, he's out because he had hip surgery. And I think Rendon is a great player. I think Rendon is going to come back strong. I, I think he needs to come back strong. His, his first two years, one COVID two injuries. I think he needs a full year and I think he's got to come back next year. And I think he's got to hit between, 25 and 30 home runs and I think he's got to knock in 100 RBIs and probably bat 280 to 300. I think he's got to put those numbers up for people to go okay he's back into our good graces. Right yeah so the fact that he's having hip surgery I mean that is like crucial to your entire core and and your, sure. your batting your stance. Your hips don't lie. Bat <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> 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 oh, sorry. We're not singing on the podcast anymore. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. Uh, that's crucial to your batting stance and in your ability to field. And, and, and so if that's been an issue all season long, like no wonder he's been hurt so many times. And they just that identified it, yeah. you know. And yeah. uh, 
for him to to have that surgery, I mean, and come back and, and be strong, we saw Max Stassi have the same thing, and yep. and look how he's he's doing. I mean, he had to have hip surgery as well. I think you're right. I think that um, if if people are going to complain that Rendon's been hurt this season and that he's a costly free agent, you're going to get the exact same thing out yep. of a Corey Seager. So I think again, slow yep. your roll on yeah. such a big free agent signing when our need really is still pitching. I know that we have a good young core, but why not have a veteran presence with that young, talented starting rotation? And yeah. the other thing is that we don't have a lot of pitch. Uh, I'm sorry, a lot of position depth. That's as true. evidenced yeah. by the fact that like we always have to go back to uh, Renhifo or a Rojas or things like yeah. that. Now Mayfield, yeah. Mayfield's been great. He's been a nice surprise, but he's not somebody you want to run out there every day. Um, yeah. I know that uh, I can't. I don't know if it's Michael Stefanik or Stefanik. Um, I've heard it both yeah. ways. He's I killing it ways. in AAA, and he's somebody to really look forward to. And he can play third base. He might be able to play short. Huh. So that's somebody to look to. But we yeah. also have the option, and I mentioned this on the podcast we did with uh, Halos Haven, the All Angels podcast. We can trade for some shortstop depth. Or we could trade for a starting shortstop with the pitching prospects that we have. Maybe we're in good shape pitching-wise, and we're able to let one of those 19 pitchers that we drafted go to another team so that we can have some sort of shortstop next season. So we have options. I think that we need to be careful about another costly, perhaps injury-prone position player. Isn't it so interesting that for years we had these middle infielders and we had like a plethora mm. of middle infielders, mm-hmm. right? Like, like Gene Segura, Gene Segura was an angel. Yes, he was an angel, right? And we got rid of him because we had Howie Kendrick, and we had yeah. Eric Ibar, yeah, and we had right. Like, I mean, I can go down the list of people that we had. And we traded now, for, for Granky to get him, right? Yeah. And now it's like, well, who who's gonna who's gonna play here? <laughs> I, I'm of the opinion, and and you can you can fight me on this one if you want, but I'm of the opinion that. If a player's name is cool, they're going to be a good player, <laughs> right? And Stefanik or whatever his last name is, that that's kind of cool. That's you know, cool. I think that he's going to be he's going to be a good player. You're right? just thinking like of Stefan or Kel. That's what it's making you think of. <laughs> so we talked about Rendon being on the IL. Yeah, John, did you know that it's been almost 90 days since Mike Trout Oof, has been out? 90 days without Trout. Yeah, Sunday will mark 90 days. Since his injury. We haven't seen him hit. We haven't seen him run. We haven't seen him play defense. Mm. No flying over the wall. Mm. No robbing home runs. Mm -mm. No Mike Trout swag as he looks in the camera and gives us that half smile with kind of like the wink, like the Razor Ramon with a toothpick look, right? (laughs) You know? And so it, it, it's really sad because as we've mentioned before, he was off to his best start in a season ever. He just turned 30. And here's a couple questions that I'd love for us to to toss out there. Should Mike Trout just sit for the rest of the year? Mm. Is there a benefit to bringing him back? And as you ponder that, I loved what Jeff Fletcher tweeted to a fan that was asking those questions. Jeff Fletcher gave five reasons why he thinks Mike Trout should come back. He said, one, the Angels pay Mike Trout to play. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Two, we're way better when he plays. Yeah. Three... He wants to play, which I love that about Trout. Absolutely. Four, competitive integrity for Angels opponents. I don't care about that. 
five fans want to see him play. So I'm uh, four out of five. I agree. So what about you, John? Do you think that he should sit? Is there a benefit to bringing the greatest player of our generation back to the lineup this year? Let me answer your question with another question, Michael. Mm-hmm. What's the benefit to not having him play? I think that he can heal up. Okay. I think that he can be um, very cautious with the calf strain. And here's here's why I get nervous about okay. it. Okay. A couple years ago, the Golden State Warriors were dominating the NBA. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Durant was playing with them. He had a calf strain. And so they kept him out of a couple of the finals games. Okay. And it was a huge, huge loss, right? Yes, they still had Steph Curry, and yes, they still had a, a couple other players on the team that are really good, but it's Kevin Durant, yeah. right? And he comes out to play. He looks fantastic through three quarters. In the fourth quarter, he takes a shot, makes a turn, and pops his Achilles. Mm. And then there was this conversation of, ah, they brought him back too soon. They shouldn't have brought him back. But it all started with a calf strain. Interesting. And so that's where I get nervous because... We've we've lost Mike Trout's year with COVID, and we've lost Mike Trout's year with a calf strain. Yeah, and that was his twenty nine and age thirty year. Like he's in the prime of his career, and we've lost two of his major years. Yeah. And I don't want to lose any more years. I think back to late nineties, early two thousands, when Ken Griffey Jr. got traded to the Cincinnati Reds. Mm-hmm. He got traded. He was still pretty good. He had one injury year when he was with the Mariners. He broke his wrist. But he was really good. Then his first year with the the Reds, he was excellent. And then his career went downhill because of injuries. Part of it was the nagging injury on his wrist when he broke it. He ran into a wall Mm. when he was with the Mariners. And he kept having arthritis in his wrist. And he kept having issues in his wrist. And so the Ken Griffey Jr. that we saw in his first 10 years was not the Griffey Jr. we saw in his last few years. And so... I look at Albert Pujols. We signed him after his first 10 years. And then what did we get? We got uh, a, a, a better Jack Mayfield, right? Like, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't super great. And so I just get really nervous. I want this guy to heal up because I, we obviously need him to be great because we have him for another, what, 11, 12, 13 years. <laughs> and I want him to be fantastic. And I want him to close out his career like David Ortiz. Yeah. I want him to close out his career like... Derek Jeter. So that is a long answer to your question. What's the benefit of him sitting? That makes sense. I mean, I've seen a lot of speculation that calf strain leads to slash is Achilles issues. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if that thing pops and tears, like that, that is a devastating. That's injury. a year. He's out a year. Yeah. 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 So he's out next year. If if something happens, he's gone. That's fair. I was skeptical of the reasons why we should let him sit. Um, but uh, knowing that and having that knowledge that the calf strain could lead to an Achilles tear, um, really, I, I think it's up to this medical staff who uh, has proven to be not the best. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I think him being him risking that and coming back, I, I see that point. Um, I okay. really hope that they did can I change your mind or did you have a different point? No, I, I just think if, if they're okay with putting him out there again, then I mean, they're the professionals. That's what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. But if there's a lingering issue, which there's proven to be a lingering issue, it's supposed to be six to eight weeks. 
Right. Um, it's now 12. June 17th. <laughs> June 17th was when he was supposed to be back. <laughs> so there's obviously, there's something that's not just right. He's not comfortable. Now, don't get me wrong. I would love to see him out there with Brandon Marsh and Joe Adele. Yeah. I would love to see what that outfield 100%. looks like. I think that'd be fantastic. Or even if he's out there with Joe Adele and Upton, or if he's out there with Marsh and Upton, I, I would love to see that outfield. I would love to see that lineup. Totally. However, I just, I don't think that there's a benefit to our team right now with him coming back because we're not going to make the playoffs unless we end up ripping off 20 in a row, yeah. which is unlikely. That's fair. I mean, like I said, look to 2022, look at the talent we do have and enjoy, yeah. enjoy what we have on the field. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we, Walsh is injured, so he's still on the I.L., yeah. right? And then today, another injury, Griffin Canning is actually going to be out for the rest of the season with a lower yeah. back stress fracture. Ugh. So he's not going to be pitching for us. And so it, it's one of those things where you, you already mentioned it. Like, I think it's, it's a wash. The season's a wash. I think we're a 500 team. And we can only think about, like, man, what if, and we'll get into that in a minute, but what if this team was healthy? Where would they be? currently yeah. where would they be at in 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 the standings right now it's it, it's encouraging because a lot of the issues that we have had bullpen starting pitching there's been changes and there's been moves and they've moved guys out of the rotation and they've moved guys into the bullpen and they've brought people up we're starting to see that the yeah. the the achilles heel no pun intended is ah. <laughs> is the fact that we've had all these injuries and yep. uh, the tweet was going around today. Rendon, Otani, Upton, Walsh, Trout have only started eleven games together. That's amazing. And they were seven and four. What are you gonna do? It's just that right. kind of season. Like it happens. Yeah. And well, that's a great transition, John. Because let's talk about what if. Okay. Let's talk about some what ifs in Angel history, and we'll actually talk about what ifs in our season today. Okay. All right. So. Let me let me throw a couple of what if what ifs at you. All right, I like it. So we'll brush up on your angel angel conversation. I'm ready. What if Mark Teixeira hey stayed with the Angels and didn't sign with the New York Yankees in 2009? <laughs> what if? How are you going to do that to me? Come on. I know, heartbreaking, isn't it? You know the uh, you know the circumstances around. What if he stayed with the Angels? We don't get that qualifying pick. Or the uh, compensation pick, right? That gets us Mike Trout. Yep, um, that's that's huge. That's really huge. Now let me say this: I, I looked it up. He was a league leader in home runs. He had thirty nine in yep. two thousand nine. Yeah, that offense would have certainly helped them get past the Yanks. And he's not doing that for the Yanks in two thousand nine. He's doing it for us. The, the thing that I find interesting about your statement, and I forgot about the the pick of Mike Trout. You I did. Wonder, <laughs> I wonder. I'm, see, That's I, most I'm important, just a fan. Eyeball test. Part of my fandom. <laughs> Eyeball test, right? Like, I, this is why I don't have Angels top plays or around the diamond. This is why. <laughs> this is why I'm just a fan. But the other thing I think about is like they they signed Tory Hunter not too long after yeah. that, and I wonder if they would have signed Tory Hunter. I wonder if they would have signed Gary Matthews Jr. if they were able to keep yeah. Mark Teixeira. Fair. They probably don't trade. Juan Rivera and Mike Napoli for Vernon Wells. If, right. If they keep Mark Teixeira, you know, like there's a lot that goes into that. So man, what if for Mark Teixeira is an interesting conversation. Here's the second one, John. Okay. What if the angels didn't trade Mo Vaughn before 2002? 
Mm. They traded Mo Vaughn to the New York Mets for Kevin Apier. And then, of course, Scott Spezio takes over at first base. Yeah. And I don't think we win the World Series without Spees at first base because he's the one that hit that rallying home run. We were down 5-0. He hits a home run. It's 5-3. And then the Angels come back and win game six and then eventually come back and win the series in game seven. Look, Mo Vaughn laughed at the Angels and said they weren't going to go anywhere, and then they turned around and won the World Series. He said so, that, yeah, in 2001, he said yeah. they're not going to do anything down there anyway, and then the fact that they came back the next year was so great. <laughs> so great. So, yeah, get them off the team. I mean, I understand the, the question is what if. I don't think they win the World Series with him. I don't think they do. Uh, still on the team. No. So, no. yeah, I'll take Spezio at first any day over, over Mo Vaughn, especially at that point. Absolutely. <laughs> Late 90s Mo Vaughn, yeah, sure, like sure. maybe. But but after the new millennium, no, I, I'm, I'm Spezio all the way. Yeah. <laughs> John, what if Albert Pujols doesn't decline but was oh. steady like a David Ortiz, <laughs> Edgar Martinez, or a Derek yeah. Jeter? Like, what happens? What if he doesn't decline? What's happening right now with Albert Pujols? We don't we don't compare Anthony Rendon, the next Albert Pujols. That doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, uh, he, if he doesn't decline, I think we I think we go all the way in 2014. That's for sure. Oh, wow. That was okay. one of his best years. Yeah. Um, if he stayed St. Louis Pujols through that whole season, and I, I realized that was his best Angel season. Yeah. And I think some of the close seasons that we had, like like 2015 and even 2018, I think those are those look different. He's um, adding at least three or four more wins, maybe because of his totally ability to hit home runs and get hits and things like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, um, and 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 there have been a lot of key moments with Pujols at the plate where he has grounded into a double play. It's it's not a meme and a joke because we're just making it one. It was actually true. Right. Like, it was a lot of key moments grounding into double plays, and 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 so those go away or they look different. Um, I think I think I don't think we trade him or no. I'm sorry, release him. Release him I think yeah. we keep him. We let him write out the rest of his contract. Now yeah. maybe we're not as happy with him as as you know we were at the beginning. I mean it's still ten years and he's naturally going to decline, but he declined at a much higher pace than, than somebody like Ortiz and Mar- Martinez. Yeah. So all of that to say, I think he, I think we give him the last year of his contract. We let him play it out. And, and maybe he even accepts that farewell tour. Cause there's a part of me that wonders if he's okay with how things have gone for him. Sure. And, and sure. maybe that's why he's enjoying his time on the Dodgers. He, they gave him a chance to, you know, have one more good run. Kind of redeem himself. And, sure. Yeah. yeah. Totally redeem himself. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I don't think Jared Walsh is an all-star this year if Albert Pujols doesn't decline. Yeah. I think he, yeah. if he's playing, he's in the outfield, obviously, because they're not going to put Albert anywhere else. And with Shohei playing DH, they're not going to have Albert DH, right? And so there's right. a lot that is riding on that what if. Okay, one last what if, talking about this season. Trout, Rendon, Fowler, and Upton all remain healthy this year. Man. Where does that put us? We... Ugh. We're sitting. We're sitting in the second wild card spot. I think at so. Least. I think so. At this point, yeah, hundred percent. Here's the stats. Um, Here's the stats. Oh, okay. We're ten games under five hundred against the West. Twenty and thirty. I yeah. think with a healthy right, lineup, re- it, we right now. We yes. I think with a okay. healthy lineup, we reverse that. I think we're we're thirty and twenty with a healthy mm. lineup. Because here's what we are against the rest of the AL. We are thirty-seven and twenty-six. That's a ninety-six wow. win pace. 
Yeah. And that's exactly what we would need to be in the top of the division or at least a wild card. And so yeah. you flip that around and we, gosh, we have 67 wins right now and only 46 losses if you switch our record against the American League West. And I think those four guys in the lineup change everything, right? Completely, especially even just Trout, just Trout in that lineup changes yeah. everything. I don't think we lose all those games to the Mariners. I think we win those close games with the A's as good as the A's have been and, and, and how they've improved since the trade deadline and how good their pitching is. I think even just Mike Trout makes all the difference 100%. in this lineup. Yeah. Because when you're coming in without him and you're coming in without Rendon and, and sometimes Upton, you just, the intimidation factor is gone. Right. Your, your most intimidating guys are Shohei and Jared Walsh. Yeah. And that's great. But like, add two more intimidating factors to this lineup, and it's a totally different ball game. Right. <laughs> Got nothing but love for Juan Lagares, but he doesn't make me shake in my boots. Uh, exactly. Now you mentioned the A's. Let's talk about this before we uh, land the plane. Ramon Laureano okay. gets suspended for eighty games. Woo! Eighty games. Eighty games. And Laureano's great, but you actually <laughs> you you sent me this text message. Uh, can we get any of those wins back? <laughs> yeah, for real. All the home run robberies that he committed against us. Yeah. Do we get to take him to court over those? Right. <laughs> and remember when Bartolo got dinged, and they oh, had to suspend gosh. him, and he was really pitching well that year and we were like yeah can we get some of those wins back that actually yeah, would have helped us how many make the games playoffs did he, how many games did he win against us right. that season that was so frustrating right. what is it with these a's accidentally sitting on needles and accidentally ingesting <laughs> accidentally things? Like, sitting who, on needles <laughs> who who put these who put these peds in my wait, muffin wait you're, you're telling me that wasn't the covid vaccine <laughs> <laughs> it was hgh Oops. it was steroids you've got to be kidding me <laughs> Look, I am really bummed as a baseball fan because I liked Loriano. I know yeah, that he has been an angel killer. He was on our angel killer list segment a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, and it's frustrating to find out stuff like this. because and, and frustration doesn't give us our wins back, yeah. uh, by the way. But still, it's it's... If it was somebody on our team, I'd be frustrated too. It'd be like, come on, guys. Like, right. aren't we past this? Right. And the, pro- the problem is was with what he was taking. It It is great for muscle development and, and bone recovery. Like, so it, it was helping him be a superhuman player and, and giving him the strength and the energy that he has had. So... I don't know, man. It's just, it's really such a bummer. Yeah. Um, he, he said that he unknowingly ingested it and, and I just, I don't know how that works. I've never right. done PEDs or HGH. Right. right. <laughs> Not it's yet. Like that time. In, <laughs> it's like when Elaine on Seinfeld got dinged for opium because she had too many poppy seeds. Poppy muffins. seeds. Like, that's that's not what's going on Listen, here. Like, I, come on, guys. I understand the temptation, though. So a few years ago when I was serving with uh, our students at our church that I'm at, uh-huh. uh, we had a student that actually uh, had purchased a spray HGH. You spray he was it a ball player, tongue. wasn't he? He, he was, was a, a ball baseball player. player. Yeah, and was going to go play college ball, and he came to church. He brought it to church because he felt incredibly guilty about purchasing it. <laughs> now, I don't know if it was actually HGH or if it was like Banaka. Like, I don't know what it was. But I remember when he turned it in, he gave it to my wife. She led his small group. And so she brought it to me and it sat on my desk for probably two weeks because uh-huh. we were playing church league softball at the time. And I was like, you know, this oh, might actually on. help us. Huh? Huh? Little, little squirt, squirt under the tongue. And now Mikey's hitting some bombs. I hit dingers. <laughs> why, does it, why does this taste like sour spray? <laughs> hey, your breath smells great, Mike. <laughs> 
and you're playing really well. <laughs> Is that four home runs or five home runs in this game? <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we get out of here, we got to do our uh, play-by-play announcer standings, of yep. course, as yep. always. Uh, let's talk about Matty V, Mike. Where does Matty V sit? His record right now is 16 and 23. So he's he's won three in a row. Okay. He was, he was 13 and 23 last time we, we talked about him. He's won three in a row. So congratulations, Matty V. Called uh, all those uh, Texas games. Yeah, that's right. That's why he's winning. <laughs> Darren Sutton's record when he was calling games for us, 29 and 23. Rich Waltz who reminds me of Bob Costas, by the way. That's I was trying to figure out who he yeah, reminds me of. Yeah, that's a really good comparison. He's got a Bob Costas sound to him because he's very he's very methodical, he's very informational, and I really enjoyed him. I watched um, The Last Dance on ESPN Plus nice. with the Chicago Bulls, and yeah. Costas is on there all the way through, and I'm like, that's who Rich Waltz reminds <laughs> it's me of. that guy. Um, the, the players game, Jose Moto, is 2-1. and one. They had a Fox Saturday game. The Angels are 1-0 oh on that game, so their record... Uh, as of this recording, while they are playing their second game of a doubleheader, they are 57 and 56. And to reach 91 wins, they need to go 34 and 15 because we believe 91 wins will help them make the wild card. So 49 games left, not counting the second game of the doubleheader on Tuesday night. 34 and 15 to reach 91 wins, which would be a incredible, incredible run. But this team is destined, it seemed to just be at 500 or around the 500 mark for the rest of the year. Destined to do this forever. Yes. Yes. Destined to well, be meh. If you want a good example of that, um, we won game one of the doubleheader and currently looking at the score, top of the sixth, four nothing Blue Jays. Gross. Two runners on with one out. Uh, I think we're not going to win that one. So yeah. <laughs> again, yeah. we win one, we lose one. Just, the Angels just, season in a nutshell. It's like WWE booking, right? 50-50 booking. <laughs> Maybe we can Who just fire everybody crap? like they did. <laughs> I blame well, Vince McMahon. It's got to be Vince McMahon's fault. It's his fault. <laughs> Vinny Mac. Well, listen, guys, thank you so much for joining us again for this episode. We always appreciate your comments. We appreciate uh, interacting with you on Twitter, asking questions. Maybe we should open up the mailbag next week how about that i think that's a great idea let's open up the super halo bros mailbag i love that so we'll do a little mailbag action next week so uh we'll get that going and have you guys submit questions at our uh, twitter and instagram handles at super halo bros again you can find us on apple Podcasts. please rate and review subscribe find us on spotify google Podcasts, wherever you get those dang podcasts wherever you listen to it uh <laughs> you can find us there so we really appreciate it. Um, thanks for spending time with us, and we hope that we have uh, surprised and delighted you in some form or fashion, and uh, we hope you had a good time. So until next week, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. And we will see you in the next one.